I think for me, it's just go step by step. You can't eat an elephant in one bite. Like, just go step by step. Don't try to race to the top or get, just take one step, put one foot in front of the other, make one action and another action. Yeah. And sometimes when you take a lot of steps fast, it goes really fast. So it's just keep on taking those steps to in the direction that you want to be headed and readjust along the way. And don't stop moving. Yeah. Because when you stop moving, that's when you become paralyzed and don't end up progressing. But just one baby step at a time. I think that's the most important thing to keep in mind. Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Jana Ricciardi. Jana is co-founder and practice leader at Vida Assure. She has worked with finance human resources, and payroll teams for almost 20 years, designing employee benefit packages that meet the evolving needs of the work. Welcome to our show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. And thank you for taking the time to come on our show. I see that you have a lot of experience in this realm. Now, is this a business? You actually do this for corporations? Exactly. So so you talk about experience. So I've actually been on the corporate side for most of my career. So maybe the first 15 years or so were working for big companies. I worked for an insurance company, one of the biggest insurance companies in Canada. Then I went into a national consulting firm. But I'm an entrepreneur at heart, (laughs) and you can't escape it when you're an entrepreneur. So about five years ago, I left, I branched out, and I decided to start VidaSure, which is an insurance brokerage firm, but much more boutique style. And yeah, so we work with businesses. We work essentially with small and medium-sized businesses to help them put in place benefits. There's essentially three pillars. So we have group insurance plans, which would include the health, dental, vision, disability benefits that employees often get. The second pillar would be retirement plans. So these are the retirement schemes that allow the employees to to become financially ready for retirement. And then you have the third pillar, which is the wellness. So more and more, I think employers are recognizing that life is stressful. We spend a lot of time at work. We want employees to be happy and productive to miss work less. So they're trying to foster a healthy environment by putting together wellness plans. So this is what we do. This is what we do every single day for our clients. So talk to me about the wellness plan. How do you do that for corporation? It's, It's through talking with the client. It's really important when you're putting a wellness plan in place that that what we say, it, it goes top, top bottom. So you need buy-in from leadership. So if leadership is just trying to rubber stamp something or just tick off a box, it's not going to work. The employer needs to believe in it and be involved in it. So when we meet with companies, we try to see what are the pain points, what, are, what, are, what type of employee profiles do you have, what are the issues that might be affecting them, and what do you want to address? And then we come up with a plan. We, there's so many different things that we can do, whether it be beefing up the, the group insurance plan, doing education for employees, giving them self-service tools. Uh, and actually, a lot of what we're doing right now is training for leadership, because I said it's top bottom. So 
it's really training for managers, supervisors, team leaders, anybody that's directly interacting with employees needs to have the training to be able to yeah. live and breathe that. Right. Yeah. So, Jana, when we're looking at these the training and creating a wellness program and whatnot, do you work with third-party companies to provide that or you have all this in-house? Good question. No, we have a lot of partners and collaborators. One person can't know everything. One company can't do everything. And that's our strength is that we're the ones that are putting everything together. Once we make the plan or the strategy, yeah. we say, okay, what type of third-party resources do we need? And we go out to the market and find them for, the, for yeah. our clients. Well, so we're really, we're the one-stop yeah. shop so that the, the client or the business doesn't need to break their heads going out to the market, trying to source everything, yeah, trying to get everything out. And we do that for them. Yeah. And we work with a, we have a huge network of people that we work with. That's awesome. You know, we're meeting here today for the first time. So I'm also someone that you could look at to help you guys with the Perfect. mindset and the wellness side of things. So where we might be meeting for more than just helping you grow and sharing your message. So who knows? Of course, we'll have another meeting. We'll have to dwell into yeah. that. <laughs> for sure, my pleasure. So this is great. Now, well, can you share some benefits for entrepreneurs that are not aware going directly to the Fortune 500 companies out there that provide these benefits or going through a brokerage? What are the positives by, to, for going towards a brokerage rather than directly to the company? Yeah, there's a lot of benefits, but my market primarily is small, medium-sized business. So I think that a lot of times when you're trying to deal direct with these big companies, you're, you miss some of that more human aspect to the business. And so for us, what's really important is we do a lot of handholding. So we don't just negotiate rates or proposals or negotiate renewals. It's really, we see ourselves as an extension of kind of the HR or payroll teams or finance oh, teams. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah, I know. It's honestly, it's a really big benefit because one of the things, yeah. the things that we hear a lot from smaller businesses is that insurance is boring. <laughs> it's complicated. And there's so much paperwork, it's compliance, yeah. and, and they're too busy. They have so much to do. Yeah. So we heard that, and uh, that's what we try to alleviate. So it's not just about negotiating. It's really about making it easy for them because or else they might miss yeah. the opportunity to offer amazing benefits. And that's so important yeah. these days to attract and retain the right talent. Yeah. Yeah, Jana, it reminds me, I also in the past have sold insurance other than life policies, home and auto and stuff. I know the, the amount of paperwork that is involved and yeah. I completely agree with you. It's fine. We have so much in common. Yeah. <laughs> that is great. That is great. When, when I ask that question is because I, I know the benefits, what you working with a brokerage, whatever it is that they actually go out and they find you the best available options and they actually work like you mentioned part of the client like they're shoulder to shoulder with the client right so it's yeah. it just feels safer you feel more organized you feel like you have the proper information there's more hand holding i feel with the brokerage compared to the going directly to the company yeah and you know what we know the market so it does save a lot yeah. of time so mm. 
yes, we're going we're gonna to go out and do, let's say, a market study to compare. But it's funny because a lot of the times I can almost guess which provider is going to come in first place. Like we know the market so well now because we do it so yeah. often that it just saves so much time. And like you said, it, it does add a lot of confidence to, to the person who has to make the decision. We don't have the same conflict of interest as the big companies who are trying to push their own product because we work with everyone. Yeah, that's a big benefit right there, right? Yeah. And are you restricted to any states or you're, you work anywhere? So that's actually a, an interesting question because we're located in Montreal, Canada. So we're a Canadian brokerage firm. So our specialty and our licensing as well is restricted to Canada, but we work with a lot of international companies because... Partners. Sorry? Partners. Yeah. No, not partners. We have clients outside of Canada because there's a lot of international okay. companies that are growing and expanding to different countries. So when they come into Canada, a lot of times they don't know the market and they don't really know where to turn. And we have a big segment of our business that is actually, for example, American companies. so close, right? We're just north of the border. So we have a lot of American companies that are expanding into Canada, growing, or they're existing divisions, but they're growing. So they need to have expertise. And yeah, so it's fun that to be able to work with people from all around the world. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Have you guys been looking at artificial intelligence and how to protect businesses? Is that something that has come up? in your line of work? I think in the insurance industry, they're for sure looking for to AI, just like all industries to automate. I don't yeah. know to what extent, I'm trying to think, I don't know to what extent we're looking at it as a bad thing or in terms of having to protect people from it. For, for our industry, it's more about yeah. automation and making it easier yeah. for people easier. to get access to resources. But for sure, as it evolves, you want to be careful. You just want to be careful that Somebody who's giving you advice is a real person and is not just a machine yeah. speaking out something. But in general, I think insurance companies are utilizing AI to make the experience better for the end user. So it's a plus. Yeah, it's a plus. How did you get into this line of work? Is it something you were thinking about growing up? Or is there no, not at all. Behind it? No, not at all. Actually, I fell into this. So when I graduated, I was looking for work like student, like new graduates often do. And I just had an opportunity for an interview. And just to tell you at what point I had no clue about insurances, but the day before the interview, I was Googling like, what is a deductible? I knew nothing about insurance. Yeah. And it yeah. just happened that uh, I had a good fit with the team and uh, they hired me and they trained me. I learned so much in my first, I guess, career move that I fell in love with insurance and I really saw the need. I saw the benefit, and I decided to stick with it. So 20 years right. later, I'm still here, but it really happened purely by coincidence. In fact, I studied marketing, so it wasn't really exactly related. But like I said, sometimes when there's an opportunity and it just clicks, you have to roll with it. So, yeah. What is the, what is that one thing that your colleagues look to you and say, you know what, this is such a wonderful quality that you implemented in our business that's making things better. Is there such a thing? For sure there are. I'd like to think it's just a, an accumulation of a lot of things, a lot of small things. Yeah, but I experience. think that, yeah, no, I think that what I have is a good, is an intuition or a way to actually 
relate with my clients. I think in insurance, it's so technical that a lot of times the companies that I've worked for, mm -hmm. they would just produce outputs or reports that happen to be very technical and full of jargon because it's the nature of the business. But I always, and I think this is what people like about me, is I always try to bring it back to the client and say, okay, this 50-page report that you've prepared and spent hours and hours preparing, what is the client going to get out of this? Is this valuable? If they don't understand half of it, is it really adding value? The client doesn't care that you spent two weeks producing it. They care what they're getting out of it. So for me, it's always about making my product or my solution relatable, easy to understand and practical. So what's the client going to get out of this? How is this going to be useful? Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent. Relatability, right? Like how do you dumb things down or make things more simple or make more humanized things, the relationship? It is crucial, especially when you're working with clients. For anyone that is in such a business looking to grow their client base, is there anything that you could share, a secret preferably, that can help them grow what they do, knowing what you know? I think that everybody's different. So you have to look into yourself. Everybody has their own, you like to say, superpower. <laughs> but yes, yes. we're going to get me, to that. <laughs> I think for me, it's just go step by step. You can't, you can't, what's that expensive? You can't eat an elephant in one bite. Like just go step by step. Don't try to race to the top or get just take one step or one foot in front of the other, make one action and another action. Yeah. And sometimes when you take a lot of steps fast, it goes really fast. So it's just keep on taking those steps to in the direction that you want to be headed and readjust yeah. along the way and don't stop moving. Yeah. Because when you stop moving, that's when you become paralyzed and don't end up progressing. But just one baby step at a time. I think that's the most important thing to keep in mind. What's that one consistent thing that you guys do for your business that's been helping you that could help another entrepreneur? Going back to what is the one thing that we're doing that can help another entrepreneur? Again, it goes back to listening to your clients. I think in any industry, for sure in my industry, but in any industry, everything, it's really about being client-centric. What are the client's needs? What are their expectations? And you mentioned at the beginning how, you know, we focus on meeting the evolving needs, the evolving benefit needs. And that's so important because there's nothing that's, that stays fixed and doesn't move. So your client's needs evolve as well. And actually insurance and the financial sector is in a huge transformation right now because of technology, oh. because of so many things, because of the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. And so when the day that you stop listening to your clients... It is the day, and you need to pivot. So you listen, you listen, yes. you take an action. You listen, you take an action. That's really what's so important to us. Very good. Very good. Lessen the ego and listen to your customers yes. and take action and trial and error, test it, see what works better and utilize it. Absolutely. So, Jana, what do you feel your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in life? So I like to answer that by circling back to a story. So while one of my managers early on in my career used to always say that we have two ears 
and only one mouth. Really, we should be listening twice as much as we're speaking. And it, it goes back to my whole philosophy Excellent. of being client-centric. Because at the core of being an entrepreneur is seizing opportunities. And when you're really listening and paying attention to clients, collaborators, the market, the industry, that's when the opportunities just seem to pop up right at you. And that's why it's, it's a little bit of a, it's a strength really to be able to hone in and to really focus on what the other person's saying, not just let it go in and out. Uh, and I would say that's something I'm proud of. Very good. I love that. Speak less, listen more. Yeah. Wonderful. I like that. And I call this exclusive listening because listening completely shifts everything because we miss so much when we don't actually listen. And a lot of podcasts, for example, and I was one of them before, I would be just be trying to figure out what the next thing to ask. And I would miss the power behind that vibration that was coming from the guests into my ears. And I was comprehending what they're saying. I was losing that effectiveness of what they're sending to me, broadcasting to me, because I was, my mind was over there in the future. I was trying to figure out what am I going to say next? Yes. Because the importance was I want to make sure I ask the right questions, right? So what happens is that power is lost and then I don't, you don't get the actual response that the guest even deserves. So I really, truly believe in listening and I love the fact that the way you run your business is based on listening to your customers and implementing what they say, because there's a lot of businesses that say this, and there might be a lot of variables involved, why a lot of them don't get implemented, right? Because they just have to find out the right ones to help with. But the ones that do listen and implement and look out for the customer base, they win, right? Because now the customer feels, they feel at home. They don't, they feel like they're heard, they're respected enough to see what their viewpoint is and to see if the implementing is going to help them and other people. So that's a great quality for your business and yourself. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much, Jana, for taking the time to come on our show today. It was wonderful having you. I'm looking forward to seeing your growth continue to grow. If there's anything that we can help with, let us know. And audience, thanks again for joining us today for another episode. Jana's information will be in the show notes. Check out her site, her information, see how she can help you and your business. Oh, I forgot to ask you, do you do anything for personal side as well, Jana? We do, but we focus more on business owners because our clients are businesses. Okay. So then once we help with the employee benefits and they need help on the personal side, then we also help them. Okay, great. One more question for the audience. How many languages do you guys speak? Me? No, in the brokerage. How many languages do you care towards customers? Any, Officially, any English and French. Because those are of the course. two. Yeah, but the team, we also speak Spanish and Italian. Yes. So okay. for sure we can help. But officially, really? we would do all the documentation and everything in English and French. Oh, of course. But well, we always love Montreal is so multicultural. I can honestly yes. get by with, I can, I probably know snippets in so like maybe some Greek, some, some uh, good. Arabic. You know what? I can, good, I can good. get by. Good. Yeah. The reason why I was asking because uh, the audience, somebody might be in there 
that have difficulty with English and they're looking to branch out to Canada, for example, because our audience is all over the world. So that they, is good information for them to know. Yeah. Even if I don't know, if I don't know, I'm sure I know somebody that can help them. Wonderful. Well, again, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Jana. Thank you so much. It was really a pleasure. 